What about using 2MCE for the lectures? That's what Travis Holland said to me in early 2021 during a conversation we were having about how to deliver a radio subject for the upcoming teaching session. At the time, Travis was the course director for the Bachelor of Communication. Well, I didn't hear anything Travis said after that. My mind was racing with the possibilities. My name's Michelle O'Connor, and I'm a lecturer in communication in what is now the School of Information and Communication Studies. In 2021, I pitched a radio program to community radio station 2MCE. I wanted to use this radio program to deliver lecture content for a subject in the Bachelor of Communication. The program was to be called COM113 Radio, and it was pitched to the 2MCE Programming Committee as an educational radio program and an authentic platform on which to deliver content about radio to students. I wanted the program to serve as a learning environment where both on-campus and distance-enrolled students could engage with each other. The intent was that students would be encouraged to contribute to the program through content creation activities in the subject's tutorials, through the program phone-ins, the COM113 Radio Facebook group, and through co-hosting opportunities. As such, students would be co-creating their own subject content. The program proposal was approved by the station's programming committee and the radio program's time slot was scheduled as the lecture in the student's timetable. But the lecture room, lectern and the whiteboard were being replaced with a radio studio, microphone and broadcast panel. And rather than having to rush to find a park and get to the lecture on time, for these lectures, students could tune in from wherever they were, in their dorm or even in the car. This podcast about the radio program is a reflection of the experience of using airtime on 2MCE Community Radio Station as an innovative attempt at authentic teaching in a foundational undergraduate radio subject in the Bachelor of Communication. I'm joined by Travis Holland and 2MCE Station Manager Lisa McLean for this podcast. And we're going to look at why we used live linear radio to deliver lectures and how it went. We'll situate the program as an authentic teaching pedagogy and present some possibilities for the future. But first, here's what the radio program sounded like. 2MCE, out there in the community, by the community. Well, I'm Suki and I'm from the inner west of Sydney. And I'm Sophie and I'm from Northbridge in Sydney. Is this the first time that you've been inside a radio studio, live on the on the radio? Definitely live. Yeah, I've been inside to have a yeah. look around, but definitely live on yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sophie and Suki are Common 13 students. Say hello to all your uh, fellow students, uh, f- colleagues and peers listening. Hi, Hi everyone. <laughs> Hope you're doing your notes and everything and we'll catch you later in the show. This is Common 13 Intro to Radio. Archie's listening. Hello, Archie. Archie, 
Archie texted in to say that he was listening. If you're there too, why don't you text in and say g'day? It's 0412-009-923. And this week we start to talk about regulation and essentially what you can and you can't say on the radio. We, we have got some breaking news, though, uh, and Archie, I think you're going to fill us in on that breaking news. I've just seen it on Facebook in the last hour or so, um, I, but I haven't really had a chance to catch up on it. So what's the breaking news, Archie? Yeah, so breaking news just into the 2MC newsroom this hour. <laughs> um, Environment, uh, Environment Minister Susan Lay has blocked the go-kart track construction at Mount Panorama. So that means the council cannot touch um, the controversial land um, to build the go-kart track there. Um, so this has been a big issue within the community. It's divided the community the past uh, couple of years. Um, lots of people want it to go there. Lots of people don't want it to go there. Um, but this protection will start May 5th and it lasts 10 years. That's what the radio program sounded like. I'm joined now by Travis Holland and Lisa McLean to discuss the context of using the radio station as a teaching tool. Subject COM113 had an internal and distance cohort. Travis, what was the environmental situation at the time that prompted this approach to use the radio for teaching? I think the first thing to note there is that we have a really long tradition of authentic learning environments here at Charles Sturt and in particular in the Bachelor of Communications. So that's something that I tried to supercharge and continue in my time as course director and tried to infuse throughout the whole course much more deliberately. And so that means undertaking learning and teaching activities in a way that mirrors industry practices authentically as possible. But on a more immediate level, we were offering this subject in a blended learning mode um, with both an online and on-campus cohort that required access to the same learning environments and experiences at the same time. And the institutional pressures arising from COVID required that there only be one lecture for the two cohorts. So we couldn't have multiple lectures anymore. So rather than offering either a fully recorded video lecture or either a live lecture, which was filmed and then streamed for online students. Um, I think I suggested this idea for you to offer the lecture as a radio show broadcast terrestrially and then on the internet and archived for access later. That seemed to me to be a really good solution to ensure that we continued the tradition of authentic learning and teaching while responding to the needs of the cohort and meeting the challenges that we faced. Lisa, did you have anything to add there about how the program aligned with the, the objectives of the radio station? Well, certainly the aims and mission of the station are to include as many learning opportunities as we can. And so that's why, you know, it's fantastic that uh, that um, you know, the stars align to allow that happen for this subject. I mean, it's a clear objective of the, of the station to include learning activities on air and at the station. So it was terrific. There's a long tradition of educational radio in Australia dating back to the early 1970s, where partnerships between local communities and the higher education sector were important to the establishment of the community radio sector. It was in this environment that 2MCE in Bathurst emerged. 
The station is located on the Bathurst campus of Charles Sturt University and serves a community engagement function for the university, as well as a learning and teaching resource. CSU staff and students alongside community volunteers have been making community radio on 2MCE since the 1970s. Journalism students have produced local news and national current affairs programs. The student-run club Studio 4 took over the late-night airwaves on 2MCE for decades. Students present their own shows on the station, ranging from sports programs to specialist music and student issues programs. Currently, our colleagues from the School of Information and Communication Studies present a monthly program on 2MCE about library and information studies research. And researchers from the School of Business are regular guests on the Daily Drive program to provide updates on their research project, which is a campus-based community garden. So podcasts are increasingly gaining popularity for educational purposes. Travis, so why use radio rather than a podcast for lectures? I think it's an interesting question. We often talk about online versus on campus, but one thing that we don't think about in that context is synchronous versus asynchronous. And so unless people share your time zone or are in a position that enables them to connect um, synchronously all the time, online students often find it difficult to engage in teaching activities that we otherwise would undertake synchronously. And so that lends itself to entirely asynchronous behaviours, which would be a podcast, right, logically. But I think in this occasion, we were looking for something that was authentic to the practice of radio. And although the program has shifted in part in the recent years to um, podcast production, I think it was a really interesting opportunity to say, well, how can we extend the medium of radio to be both synchronous and asynchronous. And so we undertook, or you undertook really, um, that process of producing synchronous content that was also useful asynchronously, but the, the value of having it synchronous was that you could have students in the room viewing how radio was being made. You could have students interacting with the material. And even though those students were online, because it was streamed via the 2MCE website and broadcast terrestrially. So even if they were online students, theoretically, but were located within the broadcast area, they could still be participating live. And I think that was a really valuable aspect to the way that this was undertaken. So the, the student interaction, as well as the live interaction between students and yourself as the teaching staff member was really important to undertake the work synchronously on this occasion. But, um, also have it archived and prepared for those who couldn't listen live effectively. It involved the students in the content making. And again, that's part of our authentic teaching practice. So we often talk about authentic assessment and we talk about authentic learning environments, but I like to think in terms of authentic teaching. And so for me, that's not just demonstrating and showing somebody how to use this piece of equipment, how to use a camera, for example, but it's actually saying, well, I'm an industry professional. And in this case, Michelle, you're, you're a broadcasting radio professional. You've done it for a long time. 
It's about saying as an academic staff member, I bring expertise here that is grounded in my professional practice, but supplemented with my academic experience and skills. And that expertise, I can demonstrate in a useful way to students by actually being a practicing broadcaster in your case. In my case, uh, as a digital media lecturer, I often teach on Twitter. Right. I have colleagues from a, from a former university where I used to work, where I did my PhD, who use Discord and stream, you know, if they're considering games, for example, they'll, they'll live stream their lectures on Twitch while playing games, for example, um, because you're actually putting students in the environment then uh, and they're, they're viewing you modelling practice as part of your teaching. So you undertake academic practice while, uh, or sorry, professional practice while also undertaking academic work of teaching. Um, it's, a, it's a different process to simply demonstrating something, I think. It's something that academics can do well. It's a blended approach um, to teaching that our discipline lends itself really well to, but certainly other disciplines could learn something from too. Um, and all of that is bound up in the concepts of practice-based learning, right, of, of ensuring that students graduate from Charles Sturt University knowing how to practice in their industry. COM113 Radio was a weekly one-hour educational radio program on 2MCE to deliver subject material and create a collaborative learning environment for all students in the subject. The program was hosted by me, Michelle O'Connor, the subject coordinator, and the program followed a fairly typical radio show format of talk and music. Each week, two students nominated to co-host the radio program, and these students were responsible for contributing talk content for that week's program, whether that was an interview, a report, or some other topical information. We planned the coming week's show in the tutorials, including the music playlist. Students could make requests for songs they'd like to hear on the radio. The lecture content was delivered by me, interspersed throughout the one-hour program, along with chat, student-produced content and music. Students used the studio text line to communicate with us in the studio in real time, and students reported they gathered together in their dorms to listen to the show. I do a shout out on air to students who were listening. 2MCE, out there in the community, by the community. Hello, Sophie W, Noah and Susie, they're all listening together. Hello, you lot, and Sophie and Bianca, hello to you. And I think it must be Liam who's driving. Someone's driving uh, and still listening and driving but can't respond today. So that could be Liam driving. So hello if you're driving. And isn't that just fantastic that you can listen to your lecture while you're driving in your car? We used two of the radio programs to scaffold learning about how to conduct an interview in preparation for Assessment 1. We invited Lisa McLean, the station manager for 2MCE, to join us on the program for an interview about the community radio sector, which was the subject topic for that week. We also invited Frank Bonacorso, the national radio news editor, onto the show to be interviewed about what it's like to work in a newsroom. This interview was scheduled for the week 
where we were discussing the organisational structure of a radio station. We conducted planning for these interviews as a workshop activity where students worked in small groups to brainstorm interview questions. Then, as a whole group, the students chose the final list of questions for the following week's interview on the show. The students who were co-hosting for that week conducted the interviews live on the radio program. Here's an excerpt from the show where students interviewed station manager Lisa McLean. I'm going to hand over to, to Victoria and Joe. Joe and, and Victoria are going to handle um, this interview. So over to you, Victoria. All right, so the community radio sector is made by the community for the community. With over 350 community radio stations across Australia, 2MCE on Charles Sturt University's Bathurst campus is a not-for-profit broadcaster run by station manager Lisa McLean. Today, Lisa is here to have a chat about the processes and what it is like to lead a community radio station. So Lisa, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. It's so much fun to be in the studio with students. Thank you. Now, obviously, with radio, um, younger generations are tending to move away from radio towards more contemporary media sources. So what have you had to do as a station manager to continue engaging younger audiences? Find out what younger audiences want from the radio. And even if it's an hour a day or an hour a week presenting new Australian music, for example great. So finding out what do you want from radio? What do you want to hear on the radio? How do you want to engage with it? And facilitating that. The students who were listening to the program were encouraged to reflect on the interview as they were hearing it to gauge how well the interview flowed. They were prompted to think about if any questions were misplaced in the structure of the interview and if there were questions that should have been added to the list. This practice informed the students' approach to assessment one, which was an interview task. So Lisa, what was the value of this authentic practice-based experience um, for the station? Well, I think for the station, I think the station benefited in a number of ways. It certainly brought students into the station, physically into the station. Uh, prior to them coming in, often I have emails with students or I might talk to them at O-Week, come to the station, just drop by, which doesn't really mean anything until they're actually there. So bringing them in for this subject meant that when I said to them, yeah, just come by the station, they knew which door to open, they knew which door to, to knock on. And that's so important uh, when you're new to campus, when you're a new student, to actually know where you're going. And that's what that subject did. It gave the students... Um, physical orientation to, into the space, which is so important, and it became a real thing. It didn't become, oh, yes, I've got to go and find the radio station. They knew where it was. So when I, you know, encouraged them to participate, bring their own programs in, they knew where to go. But also the community could hear the connection between students, learning, the university, the station. For me, for the to to, under, to know that the community were hearing those words from you, Michelle, and hearing that introduction to radio, and hearing our students um, conducting their very first interviews is so is so important to me um, that the community understand that. 
but also that they understand that they, as listeners to that, are playing such an important role in the course, in the community, in at, for the university, that they are listeners to that content um, and they are playing their part in the student's journey through the comms course just by listening. And for me, that was a really important outcome of that sub being having that subject on air. That well, the, the community gave the students an audience, right? And that's, exactly. that's part of authentic practice is that you have an audience and the community gave yeah, the students an audience. I think that's exactly. really interesting. And the, the strategic um, benefit of that to the university, that, that the community now, the people who listen to 2MCE are feeling like they're more exposed to the university is not a bad thing either. That's exactly right, Travis. Uh, and that the community play a role. They play their part in the courses just by being a listener to 2MCE. Travis, what are future possibilities for using radio to teach? Michelle, I think that's a really interesting question in the context of the new Bachelor of Communication, which has been co-designed with industry. Because the industry partners that are involved are commercial players, um, they tend to think in the binary of either commercial or public broadcasting. So they think about themselves as com commercial players and large corporate companies or large corporations or they think about the ABC and SBS as their competitors, but they totally forget about community radio stations and they forget about the whole community radio sector, despite the size of the sector, the number of people participating in the sector voluntarily, right? The, the number of people doing it without uh, economic motive, but there are of course a significant workforce as well. And the number of people listening um, I mean, we know this from, from National Radio News. Uh, students and the professional journalists broadcasting on National Radio News go out to hundreds of, of listeners, sorry, hundreds of stations and all of their listeners across the nation every day. It's, it's actually a really big, important sector in the media landscape in this country. I think 2MCE as a community radio station has been really successful at engaging students on camp campus at Charles Sturt over a long time. And uh, I, I really hope that continues. So 2MCE has been there for 45 years. In that whole time, it's been an integral part of the Bachelor of Communication. It certainly has been in my time at Charles Sturt. It's something that I wanna see continue. Okay, but at a more abstract level, possibilities for using radio to continue to teach. I think we've shown and uh, other uses of 2MCE have shown that using radio engages uh, the teaching programs with the community in a really positive way. It potentially opens up the university to further engagements with the community, which I think is great because if people hear what we're saying on air, um, what our academics and students are saying on air, they're more likely to look at this university as somebody, as, a, as an organisation providing a public service, which I think is actually a really valuable thing for us strategically. I think as well, uh, it, it is an authentic practice, particularly in media, particularly in communication, um, but also for organisations like, uh, for, for teaching programs like marketing, um, for example, for any of the sciences that want to engage in science communication and public engagement. 
teaching via radio can be a really, really valuable addition to the toolkit. Thanks, Travis and Lisa, for joining me in the podcast to discuss using the radio to teach. At the end of the session, more than half of the student cohort in this subject had volunteered for extracurricular involvement with 2MCE. Several students are presenting their own programs on the station, for example, The Feministry Show and Now Back to the Music. Some are involved in the production of the Community Drive program and some are partnering with community volunteers to manage social media posts. I'll leave the final reflections for the students. And that's it for us for radio. How have you gone? How's it been for you? Oh, it's been fun. Fun? I was yeah. definitely nervous for no reason. Thanks. Thank you so much, Michelle. We've both had a blast. Thanks very much. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Arvin. It's been really good. It's a really cool experience. I don't think I thought it would be so inclusive. Like, I thought mm. you just hear it on the... You don't see the whole process yeah. from when you're in your car, you're driving to work or something, you just hear it for what it is. But being in the studio and having the experience to hear your voice through a microphone is a really interesting and unique experience. Yeah, I loved it. Totally Eastwell. <laughs> so good, yeah.